Praise the Lord. Dr. Hanson, good yeah. morning for you. How are you doing? Yes, how are you, Shannon? Hey, I'm doing all right. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're going to kick off the marathon today. We're excited to be linking up with Dr. Jonathan Hanson and World Ministries International for another edition of the Warning Program here on Friday, June 16, 2023. Dr. Hanson, you want to open us in prayer? And the mic is yours. Father God, we want to thank you, dear God, again for another day of freedom, another opportunity to get your word throughout the world, throughout the nations and every city. Lord, we just pray, dear God, that people, if they're not tuned in, will tune in right now. And let them, dear God, pay attention to the information that will be shared so that in every area of their life they can be prepared and every area of their life they can have victory, they can have deliverance, they can have a new beginning if necessary. There can be a foundation laid for victory, for your destiny to become complete. They can be aware, dear God, of the seriousness also of your laws, your morality. So I thank you, dear God, for this day. Bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I've got uh, an exciting program. I want to welcome all of you that has tuned in to OmegaManRadio.com, Shannon Davis, a warning program. And I had the opportunity, actually yesterday, I did a couple programs with Joan Hunter. Uh, she is a healing evangelist. She goes through the nations. She has fairly large crusades. Um, you have probably heard about her, Shannon. Yes, sure. And uh, her husband is named Kelly. They live in Houston, Texas, although they're always on the road and traveling to the nations. They have four daughters, four sons, three son-in-law, seven grandchildren. That's just a little bit information there. Now, she is the daughter of the happy hunters, Charles and Francis Hunter. Have you heard of them, Shannon? Oh, yes, sir. They're very famous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. Uh, she's on Sid Roth at Supernatural, you know, uh, My New Day, The Jim Baker Show, today with Marilyn Hickey and Sarah and, and others. But she's been a friend of mine for 15, 20 years, and um, we had them on our compound yesterday. Actually did two programs with her. You're going to hear the first one. Then you're going to hear again a message on the science of judgment part two. So I'm actually speaking a four-part series. Uh, this is very, very important for people to understand. I was in a political rally last week, and I, I shared the urgency of the hour, why we must do more than put in political conservatives. Yes, that's important. Uh, they can help our freedoms remain longer, delay the toppling of the republic, but they will not stop judgment from God himself, from toppling this nation, millions dying if we don't have a, another great awakening. And so that's what Eagle Saving Nations are about. Go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, and please join us today. Help us to see another great awakening in America and around the world so freedom can continue. Now, sit back and enjoy this program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Wherever you're watching or listening, welcome. Yes, this is also on radio and shortwave. I have with me my special guest today is Joan Hunter. She's a compassionate minister. I think that's important. Jesus moved with compassion. 
She's a dynamic teacher, accomplished author, and an anointed healing evangelist. I've known her actually for a long, long time, although normally we don't get a chance to be together because we're flying in different directions. She's devoted her life to carry the gospel of hope, the message of hope, deliverance and healing to the nations. As president and founder of Hearts for Him and Joan Hunter Ministries, her vision is to equip believers to take the healing power of God beyond the four walls of the church to the four corners of the earth. Joan ministers the gospel with manifestations of supernatural signs and wonders in healing school sessions, miracle services, conferences, and churches around the world. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, Joan speaks prophetically in the services, releasing personal and corporate prophetic ministry to those in attendance. And yes, miracles happen. So we're going to go and meet Joan Hunter right now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if people have not, people you know, if you don't think they're watching, call them right now. Have them tune into this program. Again, they could receive their miracle today, right now. Joan, welcome to the program warning. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's good to see you again after all these years. (laughs) Yes, it's been a few years, but uh, I'm so glad that you're here with me. When I heard you were coming to this area, I immediately got a hold of you because, you know, Joe Kirkwood, Pastor Kirkwood, you minister with him Mm -hmm. a lot. And he told me, I said, let me see if I can catch her. So, Joan, you are all over the world and you could either talk about where you're going, but let's also talk about your recent trips because I want to talk about some miracles. Okay. You know, people need to understand that God is a God of miracles and you're going to hear that right now. God is a God of miracles. What you read about in the Bible happens today. So, Joan, why don't you tell us where you've recently been and just go into some of the miracles. It's very exciting. For those of you that don't have any idea who I am, one of the things that I get I'm very proud of and honored, I'm the daughter of Charles and Francis Hunter, known as the Happy Hunters. Maybe many of you know who they are. And many times I go to cities after cities. I got saved in their service. I got the baptism. I got set free of smoking. I got healed, different things like that. I couldn't have a child. And, and here's my child who's, you know, 20 and 30 years old now. And wow. so it's, it's always fun hearing about testimonies that happened through mom and dad. Okay. And uh, traveled with them for about 35 years. And now I've been on my own for the last roughly 25, a total of, of 53 years, 52 years in the healing ministry. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's a, and I, yeah I'm, I'm that old. <laughs> and, uh, we are just, close to the same age. We are very close, yes. I've turned 70, and so I'm paving <laughs> the way for you. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I got saved when I was 12, and I've never wavered from that decision. And I told God, I'll do anything you want me to do, and I'll go wherever you want me to go. Beautiful. And you expect that to be done with the 50s and the 60s, but now in the 70s, he's having me go all over the world like crazy. But God's just really, really anointed me to, uh, he's really opened up the continent of Africa to me. Okay, okay. And I've already been to like five countries, uh, maybe more than that actually, and I'm going back shortly to do another one and then a few months later i'll be doing three more countries so wow it's pretty exciting i'm i'm still pretty much amazed i'm like what 50 year old man said no to this and a 70 year old woman said yes 
Wow. You know? Yeah. And to have the massive crusades of, you know, 50 to 100,000. And uh, a couple months ago, I was in Pakistan, and they now say I'm the favorite person of Pakistan. Wow. You know? So I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And and then in Africa, they call me the new Ronnie Bonnie. And I'm like, Ronnie Bonnie? Anyways, Reinhard Bonnke. And uh, having massive crusades all over Africa, uh, you know, tens of thousands are getting saved, healed. And what's really cool is that when I was recently in Togo, that, you know, we're doing the working of miracles. I can lay hands on the sick, individually see them healed. And phenomenal results where that's concerned. But I also teach people how to do that. So I would bring people up on the platform. I would pray they would get new knees, you know, and so, and then I'd pray for the shoulder and the shoulders would get healed and, you know, neck problems, so many neck problems because they've carried the 50 pound bags on their head since they were like 10. Yes, yes. Okay, so they all have neck problems. So, and they've stunted growth because of so much pressure on their head. So I put my hands around their neck and, you know, command their body to grow and, you know, spine to be healed, neck to be healed. And it's pretty exciting. And and everybody, every, every time somebody got healed, the crowd goes, whoa, you know, and then I'll do working mirrors with somebody over here that has this and whatever. And then they'll get healed. And and how many of you were healed of this? And, you know, like 10,000 got knee healings or back problems or different things like that, which is fun. But then in Togo, it was so cool because as I was ministering, um, God just said, okay, now have them turn and pray for one another. I've got a team of like 10 that have been trained under me that have been ordained and all that kind of stuff and been through my healing school. And so they're there to pray, but they, all of us cannot pray for 70,000 people or whatever yes, that was that's there. Right, that's right. And so I said, now what I want you to do is I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, what do you need Jesus to heal you up? Whether it be knees, back or whatever, you do the praying. And so I had him do that. And then I said, how many of you have received your healing from that? But not one that kept their hand down. It was amazing. But it was power of God, hope in the room. You talked about hope earlier. There was hope in the room. People were healed, uh, even though, of course, it was outdoor, you know, outdoor and, and all this stuff. And it was just absolutely miraculous. But for these people that have come from their villages and them to lay hands on somebody else, is absolutely amazing. Yes, yes. The Word of God says in Mark 16 that we as believers are going to do that. And it's not Joan that heals, it's Jesus that heals. Good, good. And, and that's what people need to remember, that Jesus is the healer. Absolutely. I know that when I've traveled with people, and when I've, I've had several mega churches, and I would say, Jesus heals. Your job is to lay hands on the sick. Right. And we must understand that Jesus is the healer. Right. And get our eyes off of the man or the woman yeah. to, that's, you know, praying. Because I, with working in miracles, I don't lay hands on them. Right. And many times people will uh, come up in the prayer line, and, but by the time they get to the person or me, they're already healed because yeah. the anointing is there. There you go. And their hope is there. Yeah. So I want to encourage everybody, that your level of hope, went, it's going to raise today that Jesus wants to heal you. There's no reason why he doesn't want to heal you today good good and that is so important some people you know you hear obviously from different churches depending on their pastor what he's been teaching them and they think they need to just put it up with it and have a good attitude but uh and try to earn it there you go but what i read is is satan is the cause of sickness and disease and we're supposed to resist him not cooperate with him right joan Many times people say, well, you know, like I had one lady, um, she's a friend of a friend, 
And my friend says, why don't you come over? We'll get Joan to pray, you know, because she was getting ready to have a double mastectomy because of cancer. And, uh, and she goes, no, God sent this cancer to me to help me with my pride, you know, to get me free of pride. Well, she goes in, she has a double mastectomy and she's still got pride because you can lose your breast, but it's, that's, it's got to be a heart healing. Yeah. You can read books on pride, but you, you know, keep your breast. You know, yeah. and uh, and the thing, and I'm like, and first of all, just to clarify this, God does not have have cancer to give. God's a good God, you know, and sin opens the door for these things. There you go. There you go. And that's what people don't recognize is sin opens the door. Mm-hmm. And even Christians, sin opens the door, not only to diseases, but again, demons. And lack and everything else. Totally. You know, and it's like, I, I do what's, uh, I have a book called Power to Heal. It deals with the root causes of sickness. Year 2000, I'm diagnosed with, with breast cancer, given two years to live. Now, that was over 23 years now ago. Now, that was you? That was me. Wow. This is me, okay? And so, I went through a, a horrific divorce. My now ex-husband was living a double life as homosexual. Wow. And so, you go through all the hell, all the trauma, the worry, if I get a divorce, how can I support the children? We had four girls. And then how can we do this? How, you know, the worry, worry, worry. That's the open door for the breast cancer because the breast represents the family. Yes, yes. And, uh, and so, the trauma and the stress and everything showed up there. And so, I was worried, worried, worried. And that's, once again, that was the primary door. And so I start off the book by talking about the power of your words and or the power of the words that are spoken over you. Like you've got cancer, you've got breast cancer, you've got two years to live. Well, I was hurt so bad in my heart, I was excited I was going to be with Jesus. And then I realized I had four good reasons to live. Yes. Charity's Vice and Abigail and my four girls. And the thing is, is where that's concerned is that I had to make a decision I, out of my mouth, confess life and death is in the power of the tongue. I could say death and go, okay, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Life is I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord, which is that's I started slapping my face on the table, looking at the cancer on the screen and going, no, I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And so at that point, I went home and uh, I had my mom and dad pray with me on the phone. And that's all I did. But what regarding that? But what I said, I, I told God, I said, I can live without a breast, but I can't live with a broken heart. I was diagnosed with broken heart syndrome. I now have a beautiful heart, according to the doctor. That he, they told me that a couple, day, you know, a couple weeks ago. They did my annual, and they go, you have a beautiful heart. I thought, thank you. I don't have a 70-year-old heart. I got <laughs> renewed. Hallelujah. And, uh, but anyway, so I went in the shower, and I, I would cry in the shower so my girls didn't hear me crying. The dog's the only one that heard me crying, and she cried with me. Very sweet. She's waiting for me in heaven now. And uh, no matter how you feel about that biblically, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? She's there. She deserved it, you know. <laughs> she, she was a sweetheart of a dog. And, uh, but anyway, I would, I would just go like, I can't, I can't live with this. I can't live with the pain in here. And, and I, I walked out, learned how to, do, to forgive him. When you forgive, it doesn't mean what he did was now right. Exactly. It frees you up. Exactly. And, and it gives you, I say you forgive somebody that really hurts you and it comes with a facelift. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, but and I, I, I got rid of any form of rejection, abandonment, betrayal, you know, and, and just, just unbelievable, uh, you know, stuff that, that was happening. 
and and I would come out of the shower and I would you know be clean, but I would be have my heart cleansed because it's the washing of the water of the word. And you combine those two, confessing the word in the shower. I think I used the whole hot water tank every time I took a shower. And but I was I I wanted to just stay in with the water pouring over me as a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit and the oil pouring over me. Good, good. It's amazing. Well, that's beautiful. And what people need to realize is it's, it's not only, again, bitterness or hatred or unforgiveness, but Joan brought it back very clearly. Worry, worry, fear. You know, it's amazing, Joan. People, you know, let's pray about it in the next... As soon as you say amen, once again, they're regurgitating their worries and fears. Absolutely. My um, God, what, what are you praying for? Right. Three years ago, I wrote a book called Annihilate Fear. Not just freedom from fear. And I want it done with. Because fear is a major open door for sickness. Good. I fear. Not good, I'm going but to, good that you brought I, it out. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I understand that. But it's like, you can fear this is going to come upon you, whatever it is. Whether a virus, you know, the cold, flu, whatever. You can have fear that it's going to come on you, and it will. It's an invitation to come on you. It's like, as your faith, so be it. I right. mean, you're as believing your fear, in faith, so or you're believing in fear. Well, okay. So be it. Yep. So be it. Yep. No, and, that's, that's good. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, again, this is important because people all the time, I'm encountering them everywhere I go. You know, you pray for them, and as soon as you say, man, they're, they're bringing right back up. And I look at them sometimes, and I said, hey, we just prayed. Why are you saying these things? Because mm-hmm. we've got to quit worrying. We, we've got to right. quit operating in fear. And another one is a feeling of not being good enough. Okay, good. And it's like, you know, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. And it's like, you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart. With that comes all power and authority. And it's our covenant with God through Jesus to be healed. Wow. You know, that's good. Not feeling good enough mm-hmm. because... That's another major thing that people do and Christians do. Uh, again, you if try pray to pray hard enough. I'll get yeah, yeah. You or, and you try to talk to them about getting get out of those tracks. Absolutely. I mean, quit condemning yourself. And why don't you count on what God says you are? Leave the past behind. But that's another thing that a lot of Christians have a hard time doing, and so mm-hmm. that blocks their healing and deliverance. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, which is really amazing. It's like. The word says God chooses to remember our sins no more. Yeah. It doesn't say he has a bad memory. He's choosing, choosing. to let it go. <laughs> so when we forgive, we need to choose to let it go. Good. Number one. Good. But also, we need to accept the fact that he has forgiven us. Yeah. Now, that's excellent. And that is so important because all of us who have ministered to people and uh, we encounter those things. Mm-hmm. We have to choose to let it go, choose really to believe what God says. You know, the battle's in the mind. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to understand these things. So I'm glad you brought these points out. Now I'm going to ask you again some specifics in some of these recent countries, but is there something else you want to bring out that you have noticed is a stumbling block to people's healing or maintaining their healing? They sometimes, you know, sometimes, not always, and I can answer that in two different ways. Number one, they they might have a lying symptom come back. Okay. What do they do with that? Okay. Oh, I didn't get healed. 
and that's an invitation for the disease to come back on. Okay. As in comparison to, you lying devil, you're trespassing on God's property. I was healed last night. We need to stand and take ground that we have been healed and confess that we are healed. Good. Good. Okay. Good. Another thing is some people lose their healing maybe after six months or a year. I'll give you an example. Fibromyalgia. Many times people pray for fibromyalgia. The pain goes. But it comes back. And it comes back later under a stressful situation because it's brought on by trauma and stress. Now, I prayed for somebody the other day. How long have you had this? You know, and uh, it was a man, actually. Rare is a man that has fibromyalgia. But I prayed for him. He says, probably 40 to 45 years. So I put my hand and I was praying. In the name of Jesus, I curse the spirit of trauma. And I'm like, and I'm getting a vision as I'm praying uh, in the spirit of him being hit with a, a piece of board, like a two by four. It turned out to be a two by six. Uh, when I found out, you know, when I explained this to him and I'm like, I'm bawling because I can see him as a four and five year old literally being beat, not just on the bottom, but beat, beat on the back, beat on the head, flip across the face. Wow, wow. I mean, it was horrible. Yeah. And and he because he's had it his whole life. And that trauma of that event is what opened the door for fibromyalgia. Then he felt he felt like if my dad beats me, that's showing he loves me. You know, a loving father corrects. That's right. Doesn't beat. Right. And so he got totally, completely set free. He, they, one of the swats or so broke his tailbone. He hasn't been able to sit straight for 40 years. My goodness. You know, 45 years. And he's, you know, just kind of like this in the chair and now I know why he was wiggling so much during the service and so I prayed for the tailbone God gave him a brand new tailbone took all the pain away and I'm going to explain a little bit more about that and then I had him sit on a, a hard bar stool type thing or you know and uh, and he was like you know he's going all over he's like, it's not hurting it's not hurting and then I pray for God to number one take care of the trauma erase the memory of it what I call erase the pain of the past and God will remove what his father did to him. Good. He knows it happened, but the reality and the pain in your body. So you have the trauma that comes in and everywhere he hit was still ugh, sore. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's called cellular memory. Sure. And he's had that pain for 45 years until it was Mother's Day. Wow. And he got totally healed on Mother's Day. Praise the Lord. And so I pray for the trauma, the fear, um, the memory, cellular memory, and fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and the whole bit. And people with fibromyalgia always get healed. Wow. Because I go, f and then it never comes back. Because I go for the trauma that is the root of all of that. Okay. And when you get the root taken care of, then automatically it's, they're healed which is awesome. That's great. That is wonderful. That's why she's called a dynamic teacher. <laughs> okay? Dynamic teacher. Uh, you know that, what you gave an explanation, you know, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. There's a difference, as you said, between correction and abuse. Right. Or even assault. I mean, my goodness, what that father did was assault. I can't assault. believe that he, that, uh, he, that he wasn't taken away. Yeah, he should have been arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to, to, to do something to anybody, not yet your own child. Right. So, Joan, again, you, you've just recently been to different countries. And uh, 
pick pick a country and uh, talk about a miracle or miracles in that country, and we can cover several. Okay, uh, go to Rwanda. Okay. I'm getting ready to speak. Okay. And God says, I want you to teach on finances. Okay. I'm like, they didn't bring me over here to speak on finances. <laughs> they want healing of the congregation. And I'm hearing finances, finances. And, I'm, and so I listen. I know that's God's voice. It's sure. not me telling myself to talk on finances. Though I have anointing, body, mind, soul, spirit, and finance. Yes. Okay, I have an anointing on that. So I get up there and I teach on finances. And I'm going to pause right there. And at the end of the service, pastor said they had two services on Sunday. I didn't know if he didn't want me talking about finances or what. He says, we've been praying who to bring in to talk about finances to set my congregation free. And you did it. Please repeat the next service. I'm like, I can't repeat, but I can teach on finances. Sure. The next service. Sure. Okay. So then, I think it was the second service, a very large lady comes up to the front on crutches. I, I asked for knee problems. So she comes up to the front and then they have, she has to be lifted onto the platform. I offered to go down, but she goes, no, she wanted to be up there. So she comes up on the platform, and, and I said, now, what's wrong? Obviously, through a translator. And she goes, neck, knees, and shoulder. I said, that's easy. I mean, because there's nothing in the Word of God that says healing is hard. Yes. Okay? Yes. So we do that. She, um, so I prayed for her knees, and I say, thank, tell, thank you, Jesus. So she takes her knees, and she does that. I put my hand around her neck and she grew like four inches Wow! as God replaced the, the disc in her neck and any damaged vertebrae and her neck got totally completely healed and it was just like and her back got healed and she just you know, stood really tall and then she at that point I'm holding her crutches and the shoulder in the name of Jesus I command the shoulder to be healed in Jesus name and so she goes oh well oh in any language means it still hurts yes yes so no translator needed there so I put my hand on her shoulder and I told her to say thank you Jesus so we go thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and then like fourth time it was all the way up till he completely healed and she is like you got a crowd of like 2,000 at this church and they're going crazy yes they are like literally going crazy yes in a good way and I mean wow you know and then uh, she says, can I run over there? She had to be lifted onto the platform. She couldn't walk a step without the crutches or was leaning on two men, okay? And I said, sure, you go ahead. And she, I mean, she's like running all over the place. And, and then the crowd's really screaming. And then all of a sudden, I turned to my translator. I'm like, where's my translator? <laughs> he was gone. And he had found a corner over there and buried his head and just wept. Wow. He said it was the first miracle he'd ever seen. Wow. And he was bawling and bawling. And he did come back and we finished the service out. Well, I didn't know it was live streamed. So I had 400 invitations to Africa the next day. Oh, my. <laughs> my, I'm my. Like, oh. And I'm hitting as many countries as I can. But it was so, it was so fun. And I mean, we've had, you, there's people that come in with big lumps, you know, in their breasts or whatever, gone. And, and uh, people that can't have babies, I'm finding out they're having babies and because of different things that, you know, that medications or whatever they've gotten that they, keeps them from having babies and then they get pregnant and have babies and, you know, and all that kind of good stuff. Tremendous. Headaches gone. Tremendous. You know. Tremendous. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God that opened the Red Sea. The God that brought water out of the rock. The God that fed him in the wilderness. The God, again, with the ten plagues against Pharaoh. This is the God we serve. Everything you saw in the Bible from beginning to end, through the apostles, through the life of Jesus, 
This is what's supposed to happen today. Joan? Right, I totally agree. And the thing is, it's like, oh, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, and, you know, to me. And I'm like, no, you can do this. You can do this. Amen. Because Amen. the Bible doesn't say just Joan or just Jonathan. Yeah, that's right. You know, even though we all got J's, there Jesus, you go. Jonathan and Joan. Hey, there you go. But, you know, we still have, we have the anointing of Jesus, and you do too. You can take it to the stores. You know, the, the vision statement is to equip believers, take the healing power of God beyond the four walls of church, four corners of the earth. Well, because of this show, you might think Africa, India, Pakistan, you know, different places like that. No, your family, your neighborhood, where you shop, and where you work. It's awesome. I'm going to add another quick story on that. Do it. When we went to Uganda, I'm in the car, and they honored me because they wanted me to be in the car, and the team can be in the bus, and there was no shocks on there, and you know what I'm talking about with that. You I've talking been to about Uganda Manila, at least 50 you know, times. Yeah, so, so you have the, the shaking, racking, and you know, rolling the whole bit, and, uh, and I'm in the back seat. And Joe's, you know, Joe Kirkwood, he's in the yeah. front seat. Good friend. My window does not go up or down. It's stuck. And my door does not open. <laughs> okay. That's, no, 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 on safety. No, 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 no. And I'm like, so I told her, I said, I said, I'm just going to ride with the, you know, with everybody on the bus after this. A whole lot safer, my opinion. And, one one uh, minute. Okay. And so at that point, I said, God, I'm sitting in the back seat. Give her a new car. Give her a new car. While I'm there, somebody gives her a brand new Forerunner. Wow. Big car, great shocks. Wow. From a Ugandan. That's what it was from a Ugandan. When they get the hold of the message that God wants to, be, to bless them, and God wants to bless you no matter where you are in the world, Philippians 4.19 is apropos for you too. So be sure to quote that scripture and watch what God will do. Look into this camera. One minute. Pray for healing. Well, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, put your hand on your heart. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I send the word of healing in Jesus' name. I curse any and all forms of trauma in their life. Any kind of sickness, disease, cancer, spirit of cancer, prions, which are bad cells, eating good cells. I curse every one of those. Any lingering effect of what's called long COVID. Command all that to go. Chronic fatigue syndrome. I speak new lungs in Jesus' name. I speak knees, 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 knees in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for restoring their heart physically and emotionally. And Father, I thank you for healing their minds, healing their brains. No more headaches, no more migraines, and no more arthritis. Arthur's been given an eviction notice today in Jesus' name. Amen. And breakthrough in finances too. Ladies and gentlemen, telephone my office, 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, and give me testimonies of what God just did for you, 360-629-5248, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and may God bless you. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome all of you that are watching or listening to the Warning Program. Welcome. We're in our chapel here at World Ministries International. It's actually a live audience. We do a service for their staff and their families every single week. Judgment. Many people don't understand the laws regarding judgment, the laws of God, the rise and fall of nations, how God deals with not only nations but individuals. 
Well, last week, I started a part one. If you did not watch it or listen to it, go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, and please watch it. Because I don't want to go over the same material. I want to cover new material. But it is very important. America is coming under judgment right now. Maybe you are or your family or your spouse and you don't even recognize it. God deals with individuals. He deals with nations. And that's according to their full cup of iniquity principle law. I went over how it's a science. One plus one is two. Two and two is four. Gravity was created by God. There is a science of judgment. So again, please go to my website, worldministries.org, if you have not watched or listened to part one. You might want to do it just for review. Now, I'm going to give some examples of the cup of iniquity reaching full measure. Genesis 6, 5 through 7 and the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he made man on the earth. His heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. And God destroyed the inhabitants of the world in Noah's day because of the cup of iniquity principle. It had become full. Warning was given over a hundred years. People mocked and it happened anyway. Warnings are being given today. People are mocking. Nations are mocking. They're blaspheming God. And nations are coming under judgment as we speak. America is so close to destruction. Genesis 15, 13 through 16. Then the Lord said to him, Abram, <clears throat> know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. They will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. But I'll punish the nation they serve as slaves. And afterward, they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried in a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. Yes, God uses other nations to judge other nations until their cup of iniquity becomes full. And then God judges the nation that he previously used. God does not give Abraham's descendants the land until after the Amorites had failed to repent, taking advantage of God's mercy, compassion, and grace. <clears throat> Therefore, God's judgment instead. God is the same for all people. Judgment only comes after man continues in sin instead of repenting, thus fulfilling the cup of iniquity and bringing on God's wrath. Remember that ancient Israel possession of Canaan was based on the same conditions applicable to the Amorites. Now Moses knew God's laws and of judgment and conditions to keeping the land. Deuteronomy 9, 3 through 5. But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one that goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them. He will subdue them before you and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly. After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, the Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. No, it is because of the account of the wickedness of the nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. It is not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you are going to take possession of their land. 
but an account of the wickedness of the nations. I hope you understood that. A nation, God judges when their cup of iniquity becomes full. It's not because they're righteous, but because their own cup of iniquity isn't full, God uses them. America has been used in times past as God's hand of judgment. But also America is coming under judgment by other people, other nations, traitors within, the economy, the weather. We are coming under judgment and most Americans have no clue what's happening. In fact, most churches have no clue because their pastor is too ignorant in the word of God, not close enough to God to rightly defight it. Instead, he believes in a woke mentality, a culture, the emergent church that says God is evolving the word of God never evolves. Mankind and sin evolves, but you are supposed to be salt and light, and you're supposed to help the society and culture and nations around you come under the morality of God. You are not supposed to become sin. If Lot would have done his job representing God, Sodom and Gomorrah would have never been destroyed. But Lot failed and said Lot became evil. The Canaanites, first, before I hit the Canaanites, I want to go back to Deuteronomy 9, 3 through 5. Moses knew God's laws. Be assured today that the Lord your God is one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. So we covered that. You need to take note of that, that the Lord your God goes ahead of you like a devouring fire. Again, it's not on the account of the wickedness of these nations. The Lord is going to drive them out before you. It's because of your righteousness, not your righteousness or integrity, but on the account of the wickedness of the nations. So that is important to note because many people think we're a righteous nation. It's not. We're not. The Canaanites lost their land when their cup of iniquity became full. God breaks his silence and his wrath starts to fall. Judgment comes when Grayson is continually rejected by refusing to repent and obey God's covenant. When we continue to reject the mercy and grace of God, judgment continues to escalate and fall. We covered it last week, seven times seven, seven times seven, seven times seven, seven times seven, until you repent or until you're destroyed. Many people die needlessly. They're coming under judgment of diseases and they don't understand it. The Bible promises healing if you would do ABCD. Do we do ABCD? Do we truly forgive? Or do we harbor bitterness with our spouse until we die? If you harbor bitterness, God can't heal you. Is it? Do we understand what we're saying? But yet Christians die of all sorts of diseases and they have hatred within their heart toward people. Why call your pastor? It's a waste of his time. Do you understand the scriptures? Repent. The Bible is very clear. Forgive her, I can't forgive you. Ancient Israel and Babylon both fulfilled up their cup of iniquity separately and judgment fell on them both accordingly. God's no respecter of nations or people. God has no favorites. Jeremiah 25, 7 through 12 reads, But you did not listen to me, and you provoked me with what your hands have made, and you have brought harm to yourselves. Because you have not listened to my words, I will summon all the peoples of the north and my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants and against all the surrounding nations. I will completely destroy them and make them an object of horror and scorn and an everlasting ruin. This whole country will become a desolate wasteland, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon 70 years. But when the 70 years are fulfilled, I will punish this king of Babylon and his nation, the land of the Babylonians, for their guilt, and will make it desolate forever. And that's what happened. God uses one nation to judge it until their cup of iniquity becomes full, and then God judges that nation. God is predictable. 
He's filled with mercy and grace. If it were not for his compassion, you and I would fall victim to the terrors of beast governments. Governments that slaughter their own people or give you vaccinations to put poison and kill you or arrest you and exterminate you like Hitler did the Jews. Pretending, deceiving that you're going to take a shower. It says cyanide filled the room and they died. Beast governments. If you say our government couldn't do that, you are very naive. Unless you're under God, you can become an animal. You can become a beast with no conscience. What do you think abortion is? 70, 80 million people in America alone slaughtering babies? That used to be murder when I was growing up. We are civilized animals. A beast government. Again, Jeremiah 25, 7 through 12. You have not listened to my words, and I will summon all the peoples of the north and my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and I will bring them against this land. Nations are being risen right now against America. Since March 2020, I prophesied, and I've had 25 dreams. Civil unrest, we've seen it. We've seen it. Year and a half, two years, burning down cities. Antifa, BLM, burning down cities. We're on the verge of civil war. A law was passed in Washington State that, again, if your child, no matter what age, your child thinks he's a girl if he's a boy and you're a Christian, they can take your boy, kidnap it, so to speak, hide him, do a sex operation, and you can't stop it. Now, that is pure bestiality, tyranny, and civilized beast that the government is becoming. Let me tell you, some parents will rise up in arms and stop it. We're on the close, on the cusp of civil war. Also, God said, we're going to have an invasion. Do you know we've already had 68 million illegal aliens in this country, many of them fighting age? If that is not an invasion, you tell me what is. Right. An invasion. They say by the time the next election, there will be 15 million. This is an invasion. Yes. God is predictable. Governments can turn into a beast like nations of Sudan, Rwanda, Indonesia, Burundi, and others. Liberia, Nigeria. Yes, God has to judge or the innocent, according to the prophet Isaiah, become prey. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar. Again, King Belshazzar. King Belshazzar, grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar was personally judged by God when his cup of iniquity, his rebellion, became full. Daniel also warned King Belshazzar that his grandfather also personally came under divine judgment by God and temporarily repented. You can look in the history of mankind when there was repentance. Whether it was Nineveh, whether it was Rwanda, I don't have time to get into that. God gave me a word. I flew to Rwanda. I met with the government in the parliament after 42 days of fasting, so I had enough strength of God to overcome my weakness, my pride, as fasting, deny self-preservation. And I was filled with the power of God. I said, Mr. President, in the parliament, I would never personally say this, but God calls you a fool. Your parliament is a fool. And I gave the definition of a fool, one that rejects the word of God, the laws of God, the morality of God, the ethics of God. And under your own wisdom, you make your own laws, and one-eighth of your population is killed. In three to six months, you've killed 1.3 million people. And God is saying, without a repentance, your nation is damned. You've killed one-eighth of your population. There's going to be coup after coup, vengeance after vengeance, blood after blood. You have to have a national repentance. Two weeks later, he calls me up in America, says, do you remember me? I said, yes, sir. 
He says, I want you to know we're going to meet for seven days, a national stadium, 60,000 people, and we're going to ask God and each other to forgive. And they did just that, and they haven't fought since. If we meet God's conditions, God can use you and me to make a difference if we'll have the courage to open up our mouth because truth takes away deception and lead a nation into repentance. That's the whole point of Eagle Saving Nations that I'm also a, the president of. Go on my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Please join Eagle Saving Nations. We're trying to get into the stadiums. All types, NFL, NBA, civic centers. Once again, let the power of God come down upon his people like Pentecost, where they can go forth with power and authority and speak the truth instead of coming under tyranny, fear, intimidation by a corrupt government. We've got to once again lead a mighty revival if this nation's going to survive called America. Daniel 5, 18 through 28. O thou king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave all people, nations and languages, trembled and feared before him, whom he would he slew, and whom he would he kept alive, and whom he would he set up, and whom he would he put down. That's the authority and power that Nebuchadnezzar had. But when his heart was lifted up, his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and he, they took his glory from him, and he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like a beast, and he dwelt was with the wild asses. They fed him with the grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he approached over it whomever he will, and God appoints whoever he wills. And Nebuchadnezzar started to realize this. That God's mercy and God had used him to bring judgment on other nations. And thou his son, O Belshazzar, has not humbled your heart, though thou knewest all of this. But you've lifted up against the Lord your God in heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before you. And thou and the lords, thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hands thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways thou hast not glorified. Then was a part of thine hand sent from him, and the writing appeared on the wall. The interpretation was, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Thou art weighed in the balances, and thou art found wanting. Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. This grandson heard the story of Nebuchadnezzar, yet he did not hearken to the example set before him how his, the king repented. Now he goes into pride and arrogance, only he doesn't repent. It says, you're found in the balance. Your kingdom is divided, given to the Medes and Persians. There does come a point of no return, no matter what you do. Judgment is going to fall. Daniel 5, 30-31, And that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius, the Median, took the kingdom about threescore and two years old. That very night, King Cyrus of Persia was another unwitting servant of God. Ezra 1, 1-2. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he might make a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is Judah. 
Isaiah 44, 28 reads, That said of Cyrus, he was my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure. Isaiah 25, 1 through 12. As we can see, God raises up military leaders to take the sword and use it to bring judgment on those whose cup of iniquities become full. Even though the leaders chose do not do what they wanted. In Romans 2, 5, 6, and 8, Paul warns the sexually immoral Romans of the full cup principle. You are storing up wrath against yourselves for the day of God's wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will give to each person according to what he has done. But for those who are self-seeking and who have rejected the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Paul clearly understood the full cup of iniquity role. Colossians 3, 5, and 6, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 14 through 16, the believers in Thessalonica are encouraged to be patient until the enemies of Christ had filled their cup of iniquity. You suffered from your own countrymen the same things those churches in Judea suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They, the Jews, displeased God and are hostile to all men in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so they may be saved. In this way, they also heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. And at the time of the writing, Paul knew that the Jews had filled up their cup and they were doomed to destruction by the Romans, which began in 70 A.D. The rise and fall of nations. My book, The Science of Judgment. <coughs> Go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org and order it. Now, Jesus warned about the full cup principle during a discourse with the scribes and Pharisees after pronouncing seven curses or woes upon them for their hypocrisy. Matthew 23, 32 through 33 states, Fill you up then the measure of your forefathers, you serpents, you generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? Strong words. When the nation, city, people, or person's cup of iniquity has been filled, then divine love manifests itself in judgment. God breaks his silence for divine mercy has its limits and out of divine grace for the innocent, his wrath is poured out. Why does there have to be eternal judgment? Because the prophet Isaiah said, if God doesn't separate with a heaven and a hell, the innocent will be prey as evil continues and there will never be righteous person on earth as they will kill us all. Right now, the world hates Christians. The world elite hates it. They're forming a new world government. They're building concentration camps. They want to exterminate you. Matthew 23, 34 through 38. Wherefore, behold, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you kill and crucify. Some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues, persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of the righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barcaeus, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you have killed the prophets and stones which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her children under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto desolate. And they were judged. They were scattered. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. For God and keep his commandments. Fear God 
and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man, for God will bring every deed unto judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. Fear God, because God will surely judge. There is a time the spirit leaves the body and you're in judgment. Now is the time when the spirit's in the body for mercy and grace. Judge yourself and God says, I won't judge you. But if you don't judge yourself when the spirit's in your body, God will surely judge you. And mercy and grace is over. Because God knows if you lived another billion years, you'd never repent. But you'd continue in your vanity and your pride and continue to reject the Holy Spirit. Revelation 18, 4 through 8. Warns of the principle of the cup of iniquity and the redemption and other destruction, judgment. Heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you may be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not her plagues. For her sins have reached heaven. God has remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as they rewarded you. Double upon her double according to their works. The cup which she has filled will fill the double. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she has said in her heart, I sit as a queen, and no widow shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will utterly be burnt with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. God's behavior toward the nation of Israel is no different toward any other nation. God's behavior is universal and unchanging. The full cup of iniquity principle with Israel is as follows. <clears throat> Israel becomes wicked. Warnings are sent from God through the prophets. When the warnings are repeatedly rejected by the nation or people, God sends destruction. God sent eight prophets to Israel over 130 years prior to the destruction of the ten tribes to warn the people to repent and obey the laws of God or destruction would come. God sent Elisha, Obadiah, Joel, Jonah, Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, and Micah. And when the majority of the people continue to reject the warnings of God, which is the grace and mercy of God, finally the cup of iniquity became full. God broke his silence, used the Assyrian king to bring judgment upon Israel by destroying the ten tribes of Israel in 722 B.C. Later, when the Assyrians' cup of iniquity became full, God sent another nation to destroy the Assyrians. This is the science of judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, order my book, The Science of Judgment. WorldMinistries.org, WorldMinistries.org. Support this ministry so we can stay on your local television station. God bless you. Shannon? Dr. Hanson, that was a uh, powerful testimony and message you brought today. And uh, I was excited to hear that. Uh, the Happy Hunters, uh, very well known in the... Uh, Church of God and Assemblies of God circles that we grew up in. I think my uh, grandparents even met them at one point in the 50s or 60s. And to hear that great testimony of the daughter who is continuing that legacy, preaching the gospel, this is just awesome. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Well, thank you, Shannon. It's always a pleasure being with you and uh, getting the word out as we join forces uh, once a week to uh, reach the nations. Now, Dr. Hansen, how can a person partner with World Ministries International and support your work? Okay, you can uh, go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, and you could partner with us different ways. One, we need support. It takes money to do programs, to be on television, radio, uh, to go out and do crusades around the world. Uh, so we need help. You can partner us through prayer. We have different prayer ministries. You could be 
become part of Soldiers of the Cross, where we're trying to get 2,000 intercessors in every nation on earth. 2,000 intercessors. I believe in prayer. Uh, I believe we must do prayer and the word in context. Uh, prayer doesn't take away our responsibility to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. When he ascended, he went, said, go tarry until you're endued with my power and then represent me. And if we don't represent Christ, if we don't put in righteous leaders, if we don't make disciples of the nations, evil people lead. If evil people lead, we're persecuted. And that's what's happening all over the world. That's what's happening in America today. We have stayed out of politics when politics is ministry. The church was supposed to lead politics. And I, I talk on that extensively for hours. We were supposed to lead. You have the Black Robe Brigade leading the American Revolution. Why were free? Those were ministers of the gospel that became the officers in that fight for freedom, the American Revolution. You had 11 out of 13 original colonies. If you wanted to run for office, you had to proclaim Jesus Christ was Lord, Savior, and your God. And they used the Bible for morality, justice, and ethics. The church is only the ones that bring peace to the nations. Again, Eagle Saving Nations, we're trying to lead a great reformation. It's on my website. Click onto it. Read it. We're wanting to get into the stadiums, NBA, NFL, civic centers, arenas. This takes money. Money for personnel, lots of money to get into these places. So join Eagle Saving Nations. What can I do? You're going you're gonna to help us. You feel overwhelmed? Help us to spark another revolution as far as an awakening, a revival. We need to get into the stadiums. We need the power of God to touch the lives of the church so they can go out instead of fear and intimidation, instead of hopelessness. They can speak the truth and take back the nation. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. Join Eagle Saving Nations, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Org. You can get my free monthly news articles. They're free, twice a month at least. Again, join us. You can telephone 360-629-5248. Even now, operators are waiting. 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. So you want my free news articles, pastoral articles. You can make a donation. We need your help. You could be a radio or television partner as well as joining Eagle Saving Nations. Now you could write a check. Put on the envelope, World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's World Ministries International or just WMI on the envelope, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. An address on the check, WMI. Even if you want to be a partner in Eagle Saving Nations, on the bottom just say ESN. But uh, we need your help in prayer. We need your help in giving. So uh, you have a multitude of ways to do it. We take mostly all credit cards, PayPal, Zelle. And so please, please uh, do what you can. Join me. And uh, we'll continue to get the gospel out there. And so uh, I believe that as you put your time and effort, your resources in, God sees, God honors. And this is very important because we will be judged by how we spend our time and our resources.
People say all the time, I feel hopeless. I feel we can't stop it. Help us try to stop it. We need another great awakening. Only the church can stop this train wreck. Only the church can preserve our freedoms and bring peace to America and other nations. Shannon. My friend, what an honor to be here with you today. Uh, God bless you for letting us be a part of this. And uh, we'll see you again next time. Really enjoyed the show today. God bless, Shannon. Thank you, sir.